Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, we are up and running. Uh, welcome to the Side Action, episode three of season five. <clears throat> My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wexpo on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. So, Action, uh, you know, you missed a good trip, buddy. Uh, it was fun. We, we got after it. It's a little different. You know, we were kind of split, divide and conquer at the casinos. We didn't have my partners at the dice table like normal. Yeah. We did come up with money. Um, more importantly, your proxy tried to step in at the pool for you. Uh, he did. Unfortunately, the strawberry daiquiris got him, apparently, because by the time we went to the Golden Gate around 536, he was feeling it. Um, so pretty, pretty funny, but he's okay. But uh, let's just say it was a rough ride home. I had to drive him home. <laughs> I took off that night. Um, but yeah, it was, it was wild. I mean, it was a fun time, a lot of pool parties for me and, uh, meeting people that I obviously didn't know were out there, but were out there, you know, break up in the group a little bit. So I had a great time, but you know, we missed you brother. We missed you. Yeah. I was following along from your stories and, uh, wishing I was there. I saw all your pool action from all across the strip. It looked fun. <laughs> And uh, you got to tell Dave, watch out for those sugary drinks. They really get you. I know they really peddle those daiquiris at the stadium swim, don't they? Well, you know, Night Ranger likes them. Oh, yeah. Um, trying to hit the minimum. By the way, we'll talk about the strategy next year. Hey, look, if we want the set spot, it's great, but we'll never hit those minimums, bro. Yeah. I mean, it was hilarious. We were there from like 10 in the morning till 3.30, and I checked in with the server at that point. And he goes, so how are we against the minimum? It was like a $1,200 minimum for the four chairs. And she's like, um, you had $792 to go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's been 400 bucks in like five hours. And that was with food. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it next year. But but it was a fun time. It was nice to be up there. Of course, we have a beautiful waitress. Alejandro was the best. And Danielle was also lovely. So, um, you know, you know, I'm not going to say no to that. But yeah. Anywho, so anyway, you uh, you got out in the boat a little bit at least, right? Yeah, we went out on the lake a little bit Saturday and was following along college football from my phone. So got to see some games, and then of course parked on the couch all day Sunday to watch our picks go four and one. Golf clap. That's right. Good good start. Good start. Yeah, that Saturday was great because you had the Alabama Texas game, yeah. which was interesting. It was at noon or was or eleven. It was so early. Um, but that was a great game. Boy, the book was going crazy. I mean, obviously the money line didn't hit because that was plus 1100. Yeah. So that would have been a big, hit. um, I did hit the plus 21 on, on, uh, Texas. So that was, that was an easy, easy cover. Nice. Yeah, that was a great game. I mean, Texas, it you really sh- kind of goes to show you that there's no real dominant team this year, maybe Georgia, but Alabama faltered. Ohio state hasn't looked that great out of the box yet either. Right. Yeah. Well, all the Big Ten teams. Yeah. Obviously, your guy Scott Frost got canned. Yeah. This isn't a this isn't a college football podcast, everybody. <laughs> but 
you know, we, we've talked about these teams, and, and Nebraska finally got got wise and got rid of Frost, and that was a good move. So, well, anyway, well, let's jump into the NFL. Uh, we'll do an NFL, you know, week one review and, and kind of news and news and notes here. Uh, let's start with the news and notes. Dak Prescott, big big injury here. Um, thumb, got thumb surgery. Interesting that Jerry Jones didn't want to put him on IR, uh, but he's likely out eight weeks. They, they're going to see if he can come out, come back earlier than that. That's why they didn't put him on IR. Uh, what's your take on that move? Well, I really like my position on Cowboys under 10. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it it really reminds me last year of Russell Wilson's injury. I expect that Dak is probably going to try and rush back to football as soon as he can, and he's going to be not at 100% and try to play sooner than eight weeks. And so I'm guessing that's why they left him off the IR. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, they don't have that position on the roster. I mean, I guess they won't make a move for Jimmy G or somebody like that, but it's the Cooper rush, Cooper rush in their absence. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Sean Watson being out. I mean, you got a guy who's, you know, get a good team, but yeah. well, we'll see. They got injuries. So, the other one was T.J. Watt, injury, uh, Peck, T. Torres Peck. Now, it didn't require surgery, but he's likely out six weeks there. Um, I guess if it tears the tendon, they need surgery. If it tears the muscle, it's just, you know, obviously time. But that's a huge injury. He played so great in that week one, this week one win uh, against Cincinnati. But that he's, he's a heart and soul. That I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick played great too, but, yeah. you know, that, that pressure up front. Yeah, I mean, I think that... Between the two of them, you could say they split MVP honors on Sunday because Fitzpatrick had the block kick and a couple of key pass breakups, but TJ Watt was in Burrow's face all day, and they caused five turnovers in that game, and the Steelers' defense was just out of this world, and they certainly are going to miss Watt this weekend. For sure. I noted a couple other ones. Baltimore had already injuries. That, you know, last year they were so good, and then they had these injuries. So Kyle Fuller is out for the year, ACL tear. Their offensive lineman, Jawan Johnson, Achilles tear, he's out for the year. You hope this does this trend doesn't continue with Baltimore because they are one of these teams that I think could be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that affects them. Last night, obviously, it already the game already happened. Keenan Allen was out last night. He might be out another week. We'll see with his hamstring. They didn't quite miss him. I mean, maybe they did. Uh, they had a chance last night. And then your guy, Rodrigo Blankenship. See you later. Got released. Wow. No more goggles for the, for the you know, Colts kicker. Huh. I missed that news. I, I'm curious to see what the story was there. So, obviously, they have somebody waiting in the wings who they think is better. Yeah, he missed that big kick, obviously, to win uh, against the Texans. So. Well, let's uh, overall recap. Underdogs, as you mentioned last week on the pod, you know they went nine and seven, so that was you know a good call there. The under is huge, eleven and eleven and five on the weekend, um, and then the spread really came into play in a couple of games, but a little more than normal, two out of sixteen instead of maybe one or so. Mm-hmm. So you know this this follows suit from what you said last week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean those unders really were hot. I made out pretty good on Sunday playing a lot of totals under and really I was looking at live unders too. I think I had a good one on the Steelers and Bengals after an early score. And then um, obviously the underdogs came in like we had predicted as well. Yeah. The bear, the bears game, that was Schwa's pick, you know, Dr. Dynamite was all over that. He was touting that all over Vegas, telling everybody he could about it. And it did hit, you know, they 1910. So yeah, the, uh, the Let's go we- weather played a little factor there. 
Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Uh, that was a that was like sheets of rain out there. When you can see it covering the lens of the of the camera, you know it's a wet day at Soldier Field. Um, let's go over some of the games. Not every single game last week. You know some of the highlight games. Uh, we we talked about this Saints and Falcons. Uh, you know, Saints were a five and a half point favorite. They were losing most of this game. It was twenty three to seven, I think, at one point, or twenty three to ten. They did come all the way back and win the game, but they had to block a field goal late uh, by my, my guy, Young Wake Q, uh, and they get the win 27-26, but the, obviously the Falcons cover easily. This was one of the uh, overs mm-hmm. of the week, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting game because it felt like the Saints offense had the governor on Jameis Winston throughout the game until late in the fourth quarter, and they really turned it on. I think Jameis performed really well in that fourth quarter, and their stars came to play. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry uh, played really well, as well as Chris Olave. So, I mean, I think that they have weapons. It's just a matter of whether the offensive coordinator is going to let Jameis cook. Yeah, and, and Kamara didn't even play in this game. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I'm still down on Saints. But Falcons, that was like one shot again to win. We'll see if they get some other chances this season. Yeah. Uh, we already mentioned the Bears game. The Bears win 19-10. to 10. Over the 49ers, Trey Lance looked bad. Uh, obviously, it was rainy. But here's funny, though, if you listen to Beeson all week, they've been saying that as bad as Lance looked, they, they say that Justin Fields looked worse. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to watch the game much because I was at, you know, the Steelers were the main game at Steelers when I could pay attention to the game amongst the rain. But um, did you get to watch any of that game? I had the red zone on, and they were showing not very many plays in that game. But I was looking at the the recap and the box score and obviously very few completions on either side. And I think the thing that I took out of it was that on paper, the Bears defense looked like they played well, but it was really more of the weather and the factor. And San Francisco had two goal to go situations where they came up with three points. And so I think that the outcome there is a little bit misleading in terms of what the Bears defense really is. We'll talk about that later because I mean, you know. Drop that pick now. All right, so Steelers and Bengals, we talked about this already, but the Bengals, you know, obviously AFC defending champs. Steelers came out rearing to go, pick six on the first drive. Minka Fitzpatrick was everywhere. The blocked extra point, which I, actually, actually, I don't know if I've ever seen a more exciting game, really, because it was on the main at Stadium Swim. It was really exciting. Steelers were up the whole time, but you knew that, you know, Mitch wasn't lighting it up for the offense there for the Steelers. But comes down to it, they the Bengals drive down, get stopped on you know on fourth down like within within two minutes, but they get right back down there, score with minimal time, and then Mink blocks the extra point. I mean, to send it to overtime. Let's just say Stadium Swim erupted. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Steelers tickets there, and then in overtime nobody could make a goddamn field goal. I mean, it was kind of crazy. McPherson who made a 59 yard early shanked like a 29 yarder. And then you know Boswell, he missed one too. He hit the you know, hit the upright, but then he finally gets it through. They get the win, 23-20. And the Night Rangers, I think his ticket was plus 280 or 300 nice. on the money line cash. He also had a three-team parlay that hit, by the way. Wow. So he was sitting pretty on Sunday. He had a good day. Wow. Yeah, just an epic game, back and forth all day. Got to give the Bengals credit for hanging in there after the poor first half. And they really had a chance, well, obviously, several chances to win the game. <laughs> and uh, it was right. it was uh, just futile kicking there in overtime. And I thought they were going to end in a tie, but I'm glad that the Steelers pulled out the victory. 
Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, we we didn't get this one right. The Patriots and Dolphins. Interesting game. You know, Dolphins were three and a half point favorites. They were in control of the game. The Patriots' offense looked really bad. I do think the score in twenty to seven. It was really that that sack fumble mm-hmm. touchdown play that kind of this game up. Because besides that, the Dolphins didn't do much either. Um, you know, Patriots' defense played okay. They had a big play to. It wasn't Tyree Kill. It was the other guy, Waddle, I think. Yeah. Um, was a touchdown play, but in the fourth quarter, the Patriots defense played great against the Miami, so I'm not sure what to believe on both of these teams. Yeah, I agree. I took away, though, that I, I was impressed with the Dolphins defense. I think some of the new pieces that they've added really give them some additional speed, and their their ability to stop the run would, is what I thought was impressive in that game, and obviously key as they look ahead to Week 2 going against the Baltimore Ravens rough, rushing attack. Right, we'll see. Uh, okay, your team, sorry, uh, the Colts and Texans, you know, they were heavily favored in this one, seven-point favorites, Colts on the road. They didn't start playing until the end. Lovey's team had them down, and it looked like it was out. I mean, it was, what, 20-3 to three mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like you said, they took the governor off. I mean, all day Taylor was running well, but they couldn't score, and then Matt Ryan started chucking, and Michael Pittman started scoring. But then they get in overtime, they force OT at 20s, and then neither team could score, and Blankenship missed the extra, misses the kick. He's gone. You get your first tie on the year, you know, wah, wah, but, you know, big, big big cover for the Texans, and they look pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I was impressed with the Texans for playing tough. I mean, because the reality is, the although the scoreboard looks crappy for the Colts, they actually executed on both sides of the ball, and uh, Matt Ryan had a couple of untimely turnovers. But outside of that, I mean, they were able to get good yard per play and they were into the red zone on several occasions and came up empty. So another team that I think was a little bit misleading. I expect the Colts are going to bounce back. Yeah, me too. Uh, we called this one Packers-Vikings. You know, Vikings were the dominant team. This 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 game was interesting. In the circuit contest, they were one and a half. It flipped all the way over to the Vikings. I think it was either two or two and a half when it closed. Mm-hmm. I did still bet on them and won this one. They won easily 23-7. You know, this is a typical, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the team wasn't ready to play. It's kind of similar to last year. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'm sure they'll play better against the Bears this week, but the Vikings look really good. Yeah, the Vikings were awesome. Justin Jefferson just torched the Packers defensively. And uh, on the other side of the ball, it seems that Aaron Rodgers and those young wide receivers aren't quite on the same page. I think that uh, Watson had a big drop early on. And... um, you know, outside of that, I, I read reports that Rodgers was very interested in the two-back look with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones back there. So I think we may see a little bit more of that going forward. And I think the Packers are going to be okay also. I'll figure it out. The last one was our big, big win in the Stanford special, as I'm calling it. Uh, Broncos were six-and-a-half-point favorites on Monday night. Seahawks played great right away. Uh, you know, Geno Smith looked really good for a half. And they, you know, they took the lead. They were up there, but you know, it was, it was a, it was a scratching and clawing in the second half where the Broncos fumbled twice inside the one yard line, and uh, also missing a big 64 yard field goal, which I guess we can talk about why the hell they did that in the first place. But Seahawks get the outright 17-16, nice money line ticket for somebody, and, and thanks Matt Stanford for that tip, and that that was one of our picks. Yeah, Geno Smith was awesome. 
on Monday. That was my big surprise from that game. And I, I think we expected that the Broncos would be uh, not quite running out of the gates yet. And that was evident. But with Russell Wilson not really connecting it with his receivers and then the decision by Hackett right. to kick that field goal was just unexcusable. Yeah, he, he uh, <laughs> plus they, they ran off like a minute and a half in the last two plays. It made no sense. I mean, they're worried that Geno Smith would get the ball back, I guess. Um, <laughs> Maybe. I mean, they didn't score in the second half. The Oxford didn't score in the second half, right? right? Yeah. So, it's not. You know, one of those things. Maybe they got a field goal. I can't remember, but but still, it was they were they controlled them in the second half, meaning the Denver defense. But mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, why would you get Russell Wilson and pay him all that money and let him sit on the sideline? Right. Well, let's go into the week two lines. We already have the Thursday game in the book, which already the hook the hook got the Chiefs there, but they they did win the game, 27-24 last night. Interesting game. Herbert looked like he got banged up at the end. It was really weird at the end where he wasn't running for first downs. Mm-hmm. And what really was the bailout play was the Chiefs, you know, 99-yard interception return when Everett seemed to turn right instead of left. And uh, that was a bad pick, and that flipped the game a little bit. But I will say the Chiefs' deep offense didn't look that great, uh, and the Chiefs' you know, defense was – they actually stood up in the second half, luckily, because yeah. the Chargers came out guns a-blazing. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers were uber impressive in that first half. I was listening on the radio driving down, and um, I, I think, you know, you might hear the narrative that it was a bad beat on the Chiefs' side, but I think that the Chargers were the right side all game last night. Before that pick six, they were going mm-hmm. in to take the go-ahead score, and, um, you know, I think it was really it was really a, a due outcome with the Chargers' cover and the Chiefs' win. Yeah, and, and obviously they, they get the loss, but I do like the Chargers' prospects this year. We've talked about that. But the Chiefs, you know, I mean, they're there, but they still don't run the ball. Um, and it was evident last night. It was just, you know, third and one, fourth and one. They just can't run the ball. Yep. Well, let's, let's get in the main slate where we're going to pick teams. Uh, you start off with the Patriots going to the Steelers. Uh, you know, interesting outcomes. Both teams had very different outcomes, but – you know, given the Watt injury and everything, it looks like, you know, the opener was, you know, the Patriots were favored, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now you got the Steelers favored by two. Is that what it is? Or is it the other no. way around now? Patriots. Yeah. Patriots minus two. Okay. So the Steelers, the Steelers were favored. So this is maybe flipped over. The Steelers were favored by one. Now the Patriots are favored by two in this one as a road favorite. Um, tough situation, action. I mean, it's begging you to take the Steelers again, mm-hmm. home dogs. Mm-hmm. We know how Tomlin is. I do think the Patriots are going to play better. And when you look inside the box score, if they didn't have those five turnovers, they probably would have gotten crushed in the game against the Bengals. Yeah. So what are we to believe here? Um, you know, I put at the bottom the Steelers the pick just because of like, you know, the number, but. I kind of think the Patriots are going to jump back in this one. Yeah, I was all set to bet on the Steelers. I did, in fact. Um, I knew that Watt was going to be out, but I still like the Steelers to some degree. But the more I think about it now on Friday morning, I think that they're really going to miss Watt. And uh, that's probably a little bit of a move towards the Patriots is is due to TJ Watt being out. And I, I really think it's going to be a huge impact on that defense. Right. No, I agree. I mean, it was even evident in the game when he went out against Bengals. They stopped getting the same 
pass rush. They had more time, and that's when Chase had some big plays. Um, you know, so would this be one you stay away from, though, or you feel confident one way or another? I, I think it's a pass for me. I mean, if it comes down yeah. to it, we need another game. I could look at the Steelers again, but right now I think we pass. Okay. Next game's an interesting one. It's Carolina at the Giants. Uh, the Giants open as a, as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Now it's two in the contest. The Giants, we didn't mention, they got a big win against Tennessee. Uh, you know, obviously kind of come from behind victory, and they they outlasted Tennessee there. But Carolina, you know, they didn't look great against the Browns, uh, but they were right in that game. That was a very close game. I don't know, man. I, I, the Giants being favored is weird. I, I know that they're they're home home favorite, so it's it's appropriate with the home field, but it's more of a pick 'em game to me. Yeah. I agree. I think that looking at this line, it seems funny that the Giants are favored, uh, even though they are at home. You got to figure nowadays two points for home field advantage. So the odds makers are probably looking at these teams as equals. And I'm not right. I'm not so sure that I'm there yet, even though the Giants got a big win on the road in Tennessee. I mean, Saquon Barkley was awesome, but I expect that the Panthers defense is going to be able to hold him down a little bit. And I think if anything, there's a little bit of value on the dog here. Yeah, and I didn't identify this as one of my games, but I agree with you 100%. I mean, I think a little bit of inflated line means not a lot by a point or two, but it's certainly something we could look at for the Panthers. Okay. All right, next one, uh, Tampa Bay goes to New Orleans, um, and I think this is flipped too. So I think Tampa opened as a three-point favorite. I, I see how you're reading it. Yeah. Three-point favorite, now they're two-and-a-half in the contest. Um, I haven't been saying the totals. This is – you know, 44 and a half point total. Uh, so, you know, New Orleans has owned Tampa for whatever reason. Yeah. It's happened for years. I think they still should have beat him in the playoff game a couple of years ago. Um, I know you said James looked good late. But Tampa, I mean, they don't have Godwin. He's going to be injured. Mm-hmm. But, man, two and a half sucks. But I, I think I think Tampa's a better team. Okay, I'm going to put that out there. But, this is one of those things. Orleans plays really great against them, so I'm not sure where your, where your head's at here. Yeah, I mean, you figure that uh, in the Superdome in New Orleans, I would probably give the Saints three points of home field advantage there. And so when you sure. add that into the math here, you're talking about uh, odds makers posting the Buccaneers as five and a half point favorites over the New Orleans Saints. I just can't get there. Yeah, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, the Saints have owned Tom Brady in this spot. The last the last four meetings in the regular season, the Saints have won this matchup. And so I have to look to the Saints here, despite the number being just under that field goal. Right. Well, let's put a yellow on it. Okay. I mean, it's, it's so early in the season, it's hard to kind of gauge where these teams are. New Orleans can't do what they did last week and come out like a dud for three quarters. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. In Tampa, I mean, they, they benefited from Dak's injury, but they couldn't get them on the end zone last week. And they, they actually moved the ball pretty easily, but they just couldn't score. Could have been a lot worse than the 19-3 to three or whatever and the Dallas lost. I really do think so, that Godwin being out is going to be huge in this game because historically, Marshawn Lattimore has deed up on Evans. And I think without Godwin as yeah. another option on the outside, that could be even bigger because Lattimore has had so much success against Evans. Right, it's the running game that they got to hit on. Yeah. Front's pretty good. 
Orleans. So it's really just Jameis. Can he play well? Yeah. Um, and everything. So, okay. We'll put you on the Saints. Okay. okay here's your team. The, the Colts and the Jags, man. Uh, Colts four-point favorites in the contest in the opener, 45-point total. This is – they went down to Jacksonville and lost last year. Um, you know, my mind says take the Colts because they got to bounce back from last week. But for some reason, they can't beat the Jags on the road. I don't understand what the deal is. What, why is this? You're a Colts fan. I don't know. <laughs> the humidity? Uh, <laughs> I mean – Last season, that loss was probably the most demoralizing loss that the Colts could have endured, a uh, chance to make the playoffs. And when this line came out, I my mind kind of went the other way. I thought to myself, oh, you got to take the Jags. I think I even put in a little bet at four and a half. But as this week has wore on, I'm switching sides here. I think that we should try to look at to Zag when uh, or, or Zig, Zig versus Zag. And I think the Colts are going to come out breathing fire on Sunday and really just bury this Jaguars team. I think so, too. So I think it may be, well, we'll see if people have the same thoughts, but I think so, too. I'm going to put this as a green. I, I like I, it. I think there's Agree. So let's hope this happens this time for, for your fandom and, and our picks yeah. this week. <laughs> Okay, here's another interesting line. Washington is going to Detroit. Washington got a win. They, they were an interesting game, too. They were up, like, whatever the score was. They were up big. Then they gave up the lead. Then they came back and won. You know, it was a weird league. Uh, Detroit played tough against the Eagles. Um, scored a lot of points, 35 points. They they are the favorite here, one and a half. Um, not to say they shouldn't be favored, but they haven't been favored in years. Uh, 48 and a half point total. It is it is an accurate line. It's a it's probably an appropriate line. One and a half. It's just interesting to see Detroit being favored. Uh, do you think that that's some of the buzz we talked about in week one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of same same situation as that Giants line. You see a, a minus next to the Lions, and you're like, whoa. But uh, I think it is. I, I think it's partially due to that, and also, I mean, just the the market sentiment being down on the Commanders as well. Although I got to say, Wentz played pretty well last week, despite a couple more interceptions. Um, he he really led that team to a victory down the stretch and had some good balls from McLaurin and uh, their other wideout. And, you know, I, to me, I'm looking at more of targeting the total in this game. I, I think we should pass on the side, but I like the over. I yeah. bet it early and you've already seen it tick up from 46 and a half to 48 and a half. And I think that's the right move on the total. Yeah. I agree. Let's stay away in the total for sure. Because that's what happened last week. That was another one of the Schwa specials. It was the over total in the Philadelphia-Detroit game, and that, nice. that almost went over at halftime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Jets at the Browns. Exciting game here. Uh, opener was minus six for the Browns at home. Now it's six and a half in the contest. This, this total has gone from 43 down to 39 and a half, so it's crashed. Um, the Jets didn't look great last week. The Browns played really solid, despite, you know, Jacoby Brissett back there against a pretty good defense. So I think the line's appropriate. I don't necessarily think it's short per se. Um, I would say that the, the total being low just shows it's going to be a slugfest. There's not going to be a lot of points here. Yeah. Can you back the Browns? I wouldn't back the Jets. I'm sorry. I know you love the Jets. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a complete pass on the Jets. But on the other side, I have a hard time going to the window with the Browns offense that 
is not going to be putting up a lot of points with Jacoby Brissett under center and I expect them to win by seven against any team. I think that uh, this is an offense that's not really set up to cover big numbers. And for that reason, I think that we got to pass on this game. Okay. I'm all for it. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Here's a hotly contested game. Uh, Miami is going to the Ravens. Uh, so the Ravens, obviously we talked about the injuries, we talked about, you know, Miami playing pretty good. Raymond's open is a four-point favorite down to three-and-a-half in the contest. The total is 44-and-a-half. You know, I believe the Ravens are a better team, but this hook is not something I'm I'm interested in. Um, you're probably going to make a case for the Dolphins. Um, I don't know if I can get on board with that for the contest, but I know, I know how you think, actually. Yeah, you're right. I am going to make a case for the Dolphins because I, I touched on it in the opener. I think that they – made some key acquisitions on defense and they're going to be able to stop this Ravens rushing attack. And that's obviously key to hanging with the Baltimore team. And on the other side, I, you know, I think the, the injury to uh, the, the Ravens cornerback is Fuller is going to be big in this game because I was impressed with the Dolphins wideouts, Tyreek Hill and Waddle and company. And I think that they're going to be able to score a little bit on the Ravens defense and the added bonus of getting three and a half here instead of three, I think is key. And I lean to the dolphins for sure. Oh yeah. I don't know if you can talk me into it. I know it's going to be a very popular pick yeah, well. uh, because of the number and because of how the teams play it. So well, that we'll see what is the yellow. We need one. We can go there, but I mean, that last point uh, gives me a little pause. I certainly think that, there might be more value in just passing on it if we think it's going to be in the top five. I do. I do. All right, let's go with some teams that we'll see how they play. The Seahawks, you know, played great. They're going to the 49ers. This is in the late window. Open as a nine, Niners open as a nine-and-a-half point favorite, now eight-and-a-half in the contest, 41-point total, down from 43 on the opener. You know, did the Seahawks shoot their shot? Is that it? That was that was their big, you know, the Stanford special, and they're not going to win another game. 49ers look like crap. Obviously, Lance didn't play well. It's just too many points, though. I can't get on board with San Francisco. I mean, eight and a half. I mean, they may score some points, but, I mean, Seattle did probably play the game of their lives last week, but I can't really get on board with eight and a half and Trey Lance. Yeah. I understand your sentiment, but I really do think this is a great spot to buy low on the Niners and sell on the good news on Monday night on the Seahawks. I think that this number should be aligned closer to 10 or more, and you're getting a little bit of a discount just because of what happened in week one. And I think this is the ultimate zigzag special, taking the Niners at minus eight and a half. The zigzag special, everybody. <laughs> It's a possible. I, All right. The Niners defense played pretty good, but yeah. I mean, I don't expect Geno Smith to play that well again, for sure. No. And you go into the 13th, because there was a lot of false starts and delayed games and all that stuff up in Seattle, like, you know, when Russell was playing. So, you know, they were booing Russell when he came out, by yeah. the way. Yeah. That was interesting. I saw that. All right. Well, let's go to the next game Atlanta and the Rams. Uh, Atlanta. You know, obviously played pretty good in week one. The Rams played terribly. Uh, Twelve and a half point opener for the Rams. This is at home. Ten points now in the contest as the favorite. The totals from 48 down to 46 and a half now. 
you know, I'm, I'm zigzag guy on this one. I, I think the Rams are going to kill him, but maybe that's just public, public sentiment. I don't think the Falcons are very good. They're going to go on the road and the Rams have to play better. Maybe they won't. Maybe they're just bad. Maybe Stafford's elbow's bad, but I think the Bills were playing at all time high level and, and the Rams weren't, but this one is a different, different animal. Yeah. I'm on board with you in terms of uh, no interest in the Falcons whatsoever. I've seen some people in the media this week giving out Falcons plus 10, but for me, I just can't touch that dog at all in this game because I think that uh, they're just no good. You know, um, Mariota played okay, but I expect that the Rams defense is going to be able to put him under a ton of pressure on Sunday, and I don't think the Falcons are going to be able to score much on them. I do have some concerns about the Rams offense, though. They were unable to run the ball last week, and it seems to me that Stafford only looks to Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup only, and I think ultimately that's going to be make it difficult on them to score a lot of points this season unless things change. Yeah, he did last week, I'll tell you that. You know, 13, 13 catches. I think it'll be better. I think he's going to be able to run the ball this week. Okay. Um, but I get it if we want to stay away because it's 10. I mean, I get it. You know, like the Niners number is better. Mm-hmm. Um We'll, we'll talk about that. Maybe there's some other options, too, that are coming up. We can add it, though, and, and All right, next throw game. it in the mix. It? We'll throw it in the mix. The Rams. Yeah, throw it in. I mean, one of these big favorites will probably – I'd like to take because yep. they're going to be low-picked, and I think they're going to come in. Yep. You know, that's kind of my theory. So, all right, so Cardinals and Raiders. Uh, Cardinals also look like garbage. Kansas City rolled them. We can talk about that. But the Raiders opened as a three – Point at home. Now they're five and a half. Uh, the total is the same, 51 and a half. Look, the Raiders played pretty good. I think they played great. The Cardinals played terrible. That move seems a little weird. Uh, I think three, three or three and a half would have been the right number. Mm-hmm. Five and a half seems a little heavy. Um, I don't know how bad are the Cardinals. I think it's an overreaction at week one for the Cardinals. Yeah, I concur. Uh, I think this number has moved a little bit too far. My liking posting the Raiders at five and a half. I mean, this is a home field advantage that I have at like two. So if you're telling me the Raiders are three and a half points better than the Cardinals, I'm not so sure that's the case. So I would definitely look to mm-hmm. the dog here or pass, but I don't really have a strong conviction on the Cardinals either. I'd like to maybe sit out another week and see how they perform this yeah, week. Yeah, let's pass. Okay. Let's pass. I, you know, just, you know, America's team. I mean, sorry, Proxy's team. <laughs> with uh, an America's quarterback and Derek Carr, America's sweetheart. Um, I, I do like that game to so go he, over he, as well. 51 and a half, I think, is an achievable number by these two offenses. Agreed, agreed. All right, next game, Houston and the Denver. Um, Denver opened as a 10-point favorite at home, 44-point total. Now it's 46-point total, 10 in the contest still. You know, again, did the Texans shoot their shot? Um I actually don't think so. I told you this before. So I'm going to be back in the top. They're my Jets this year. Um, I think that there's value in the dog. I know that mile high and all that kind of stuff. Denver's going to play better than they did last week. No question. So will they blow them out? Maybe. But uh, I don't know. The Texans, I just think that they're they're going to be salty, man. They're not going to let they're – the, they're playing the lovey. Better not break defense. That's what they did against the Colts. They may not hold them you know, down to 20. But uh, it's really the Denver defense has to play better like they did in the second half yeah. uh, to keep the Texans off the board. I agree. I think there's value on the Davis Mills-led Texans in this game. Getting 10 points against the Broncos, I think, is going to be a little bit of, va- of value. 
uh, I like the Texans as well. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, and, and by the way, America, we're going to get better next week with our yeah. video and audio. I know I paused a lot at the pool last week. We got action in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> we'll get better for you guys. So we'll, you know, no video for right now. Definitely. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're both on the Texans as a possible. I think that's a good call. All right. How about this one? Cincinnati going to Dallas. Um, it depends on when the opener worked. I had an opener or like Dallas minus one or something, but mm-hmm. but obviously with the Dak injury, it totally flipped. The Bengals are seven-point favorites now on the road. The total's gone from 45 to 42. Um, I actually think the Bengals are going to smash. This is one of my smashers. Oh. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't play great last week, a lot of turnovers, but I like the Bengals here. Really? I, I don't know if I can get there. I'm, I'm just doing raw numbers here. I, I mean, I know that Cooper Rush hasn't had a ton of run out in the league, but to think that the drop-off from Dak to Cooper Rush is now eight points seems like a, a bit of a stretch for me. Okay. And, uh, you know, just by that math arithmetic alone. Pausing out again. So you can't get there on the seven, I hear. No, no, I don't think so. I, I, I just don't – I'm not sure that there's that much drop-off between Dak and Cooper Rush. Seven was too much for you to go with the Bengals. I think that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I just don't think that the drop off between Dak and Cooper Rush is worth eight points in the end. Okay. And I think it's too many on that side. You know, you've already seen the total go from 45 to 42, 41 and a half in some spots. And sure. I think it's just a lot of points for a low total game. Okay, we'll stay away. No problem. We got plenty of options. Okay. Again, week in week two, it's so hard for me to discern what these teams are doing so yeah um let's go to the sunday night game my beloved bears going to green bay house of horrors at lambo um lambo open or i mean uh, packers open is a seven and a half point favorite at home 10 points now on a circuit contest 44 point total down to 41 and a half obviously all the numbers scream to take the bears because it's 10 points and a 41 and a half point total but <clears throat> we think that that the weather really helped the Bears last week, right? So definitely, I'm fine to stay away from the game action. Um, but what are you thinking? I think that Aaron Rodgers is the Bears' daddy, <laughs> and uh, I know it, I know <laughs> you don't like that comment, but I, I think that the Packers are going to win this game comfortably. I, I don't think that the Bears are going to be able to put up hardly any points on Monday, or Sunday night, and uh, I, I would play the Packers indefinitely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's tough for me to do that, but I get that that's what should happen, right? Um, let's just stay away. Okay. It's easier for me to that, do that sounds good. All right, last game on the card. Well, actually, there's two games. All right, two more games on Monday night. They, they flipped it from last year where they have two Monday night games on the second week. Weird. Um, Tennessee at Buffalo. Buffalo Open is a nine-point favorite. Now they're 10 in the contest at home. Total ticked down a little bit from 50 to 48. I mean, the Bills played so good in week one, right? So everybody's going to be on board. But the Titans, this is a variable special. I'm not backing the Titans 100%. I like the Bills quite a bit. But this is the kind of spot where Vrabel's going to get his team to play incredibly. So 10 is just a little too much for me to go with the Bills. Yeah, I hear you. I do think, though, that the Bills are going to be set up much better this year to stop Derrick Henry in that rushing attack. 
I think last year in that game, sure. Henry ran for like 180 yards, and he was really the reason that they stayed in it and ultimately <laughs> won. And I think it's going to be a different story on Monday night. So I would probably actually lean to the Bills in this game, but can appreciate that we should probably just pass. Right, right. Okay. Last game, pretty good game here. Uh, Minnesota's playing at Philadelphia. Um, you know, my, my company's very excited about this one, I'm sure. Um, so you've got a 48-point total up to 50, 50 and a half. The Eagles open as a three-point favorite, now to a two-point favorite. Hard to figure this this one out for me. I think Minnesota's offense, both offenses are really good. So I understand why I ticked up. I do think the Eagles are going to be a little bit better, so it makes sense that they're favored, and they're only getting – and really they're showing this as a pick them on a neutral because yeah. I think a two-point advantage at home is is right for the Eagles. Um, you know, it's hard to judge last week because the Lions' defense isn't very good, but – I think it's a little step up in competition for you know, the Vikings since they didn't play. Packers weren't good. So I back the Eagles here, uh, but I'm also fine to stay away too. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think you know, you nailed it in your notes here that this number is probably spot on for what these two teams are right now. But, I mean, given that, I think that the Eagles going back home on a Monday night, they might get a little extra boost from that crowd. And maybe you do squeeze out another little edge there with the home field advantage. Um, I definitely think that their defense is going to have to play a lot better than they did last week. Allowing 35 points to the Lions is certainly not uh, doesn't make you comfortable going into a game against the Vikings. So, I mean, I would probably be more on the pass side, to be honest. But if we needed to, we could talk Eagles. Okay. And we usually pass on Monday night games True. if possible, so I'm okay with it. Uh, I know I'll be watching this game with all my colleagues because there's a retreat on Monday through the Wednesday. So I'll be nice. at the bar with these guys watching this game. So it'll be fun. Um, so let's review these picks because I think almost all of these you're against, which is great. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati, you don't like. Uh, we're still at Pittsburgh, maybe. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, yes. Seattle, I think no. no I think. Uh, Indy, you're you're okay with Indy, right? Yeah, I think Indy's our one slam dunk. Yep. Yeah, and then the Bears, and then Houston, I think you weren't... I don't know how you felt on Houston, but... I could get on board with Houston. So, yeah, so there's only a couple of the identified games going in, but again, these are so early, it's not great. And like I said, I like Philly and Baltimore, but you're against Baltimore. So, hey, we'll just have to review it. Let's review what we've actually said. The ones we kind of on board with Carolina plus two on the road. We already talked about New Orleans. Uh, that's plus two and a half at home. Colts minus four on the road at the Jags. Talked about maybe the Dolphins plus three and a half. Good number. You like the 49ers minus eight and a half at home. Uh, I like the Rams minus 10 at home against the Falcons. And then the Texans plus 10 and 10 on, at Denver. So there's some definite picks there we can get through. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. All right, well, let's review the contest here, Action. Uh, there were 4,691 entries, so more than last year, but well below the 6,000. <clears> so there will be an overlay that Derek Stevens is going to pay people, which is not lovely. Um, I did note that the Survivor Contest, which had 61.13 entries, eliminated 56 point something percent in week one. Wow. <laughs> so. Kind of, I mean, I would have gone with Baltimore personally. Maybe I had to talk to you guys into that. We didn't get into the contest, but 
it just tells you how volatile week one was. Um, and then we did really well. We were, were technically tied for 210th, actually. That's awesome. Nice. Um, there were, yeah, 209 entries at 5-0. and 0, And then we obviously, there's 842 with us at 4-1. So good start. Definitely a great start for us. I mean, we can't complain about 80%. We keep that going the rest of the year. I think we'll be quite all right. Exactly. Well, uh, America, we promise we will get it back to normal next week. Yep. Uh, hopefully, we won't be traveling as much and doing stuff and spotty Wi-Fi or, you know, helicopters flying over over, <laughs> over the top. You're, you're obviously golfing somewhere in it's northern Michigan. Where the hell are you again? We are uh, just north of Kalamazoo, so like middle Michigan. We got a lake house and a golf trip here this weekend. That's awesome. I'll be back to normal. The Shockers kick off their season on Saturday at 10 a.m. Nice. Without without your cousin, without we don't really have a quarterback. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh no. Um, want we'll the win on defense, like 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 any other team that doesn't have a cue, and um, you know, kind of a normal fall weekend here in Chicago. So looking forward to that. Nice. So, all right. Well, follow us at Side Action Pod on both Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right. Well, good luck in week two, everybody. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.